0: Hello and welcome to the Happier at Work podcast with your host Aoife O'Brien. The podcast for anyone who wants to be happier at work. We spend so much of our time at work. Everyone deserves to be happier at work. Today's guest is Sarah Lasker from Healthy and Hugger and we discuss all things Hugger and specifically what that means for the workplace. So let's dive right in. Welcome, Sarah, to the Happier at Work podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Hi, my name is Sarah Lasker. Um, let's see, I'm owner of Healthy & Huga, your life and wellness coach, where we look at the occupational, social, spiritual, intellectual, physical, emotional, environmental, and financial pieces that really help you be you. So I'm really, you know, whether that's at work, at home, at play, all those different pieces, how do they all fit together? So I do. I'm. I used to live in the states, but now I'm based here in Ireland. So looking forward to to chatting today.
0: For anyone listening, H Y G G E, and it's pronounced Huga. Maybe my Danish friends might correct me on that, but that's as good yeah, as I'm going to get. Too, so. <laughs> Brilliant. And we're going to talk all about hygge today. Um. So you mentioned there's a lot of different aspects of kind of people's lives there that you mentioned. Um. Can you kind of drill into a few of those? Uh, in particular like that that people would like I suppose what are the top ones that people are concerned about
1: yeah well I think a lot of people think about work that work-life balance like that's a lot of you know I think what I hear a lot from people you know oh how do I make sure I'm balanced at work and at home but it's also looking at socially am I having time to go out with my friends and family and be with them spiritually. And, you know, when I say spiritually, I don't necessarily mean am I going to church every Sunday. It also means am I getting the energy I need, you know, whether it's going to a yoga class, doing something to help bring me some center to my life. Um, and, the, and the physical piece, because physical activity really helps us sleep better at night, helps us be more rested and ready to go into work the next day. And I think also that emotional side, which is really kind of a key because, Maybe we're super happy at home and we're trying to figure out how do we get that super happiness, quote unquote, at work as well and finding, you know, kind of a in between sort of piece with it. I mean, and so often along those lines, people think, oh, I've got to be super happy at work and I've got to be super happy at home. And it's, you know, something my husband always says to me, he goes, it wouldn't be work if they weren't paying you to do it. Like, you know, a lot of times you got to look at it and kind of go, okay it's 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 a job or it's a place how do I make sure I make it the best I can do for me in the process
0: brilliant some interesting things there um and a couple of things I want to pick up on so you said about work-life balance now recently I heard someone talk about uh work-life harmony and I thought that's a much Mm. better approach I really really like that whole idea of harmony um versus balance so balance is kind of a balancing act and you're trying to balance loads of play you know spinning loads of plates or something like that whereas harmony is more like well how do those two aspects of my life blend together and how do they interact with each other and how can i make it more harmonious and how how can i make sure that one isn't negatively impacting on the other and those kinds of that you know
1: that type of approach um I love that. That totally encompasses hygge. I mean, that's, you know, how do you find that harmony? Oh, I've, thank you to whoever found that one. I love that. That is perfect.
0: Yeah, that was Emiliana Simon Thomas, actually, and she featured on the podcast a few podcasts ago. Uh, we had a great conversation about happiness at work. And, and I didn't even specifically mention work-life balance. I mentioned about kind of blending the two aspects of your life together, because at the, at the end of the day you're one human being and you're, it's not a case of I'm EFA at work and I'm EFA at home I'm the same person and how do those things blend together and she was like oh I like I'm glad you said that because you know it's not about balance it's about harmony and I was like oh brilliant absolutely love this love that approach
1: yeah and that that makes so much sense because you know as we were kind of chatting a while back you know I've had that job title which is you know supposed to be this amazing job title but I get to the position and it's not it's not me it's not what I really want in that process how do I you know bring that harmony together you know and you know not to kind of step on some of it but I've in the past you know I had that sort of situation and it was trying to make it more harmonious I rode my bike to work I went out for walks during lunch you know I took kind of the physical approach and kind of you know also that mental you know, separation. I don't want to say separation, but that kind of getting away from the situation Uh, by, by, yeah, like by taking that time, you know, taking that lunch hour and doing what needed to be done, you know, to help recenter me to come back in to be harmonious in the afternoon or the rest of the day. And then, you know, biking home, which was a really big piece for me, helped me kind of clear my head and kind of bring that harmony I needed I love that word harmony with it you know (laughs) that to say when so when I walked in the door when I got home I was ready to be with my family and kind of go forward from there
0: yeah brilliant I love that approach now there's a couple of other things I wanted to pick up on um before we go on to talk about huga in a a little bit more detail so you mentioned something about I have to be happy at work so kind of quote unquote I have to be happy at Uh work and and this whole thing a couple of things i suppose is i have to that this the idea of i have to i like to change that to switch that out to say i choose to or i get to um so i choose to be happy at work and if your husband is one of these people who doesn't believe that you can or that you should be able to be happy at work it's you know but i choose to and a, a lot of people these days get their sense of meaning and purpose from what they do from work so if you think of it from a perspective of I deserve to be happy at work because I spend so much of my time there, you know, I'm spending it could be eight hours a day in my office. And if I'm doing something that makes me miserable, then what impact is that having on the rest of my life? You know, um, right. yeah. And so I wanted to just get a, a sense of you mentioned yeah. that yeah. the whole kind of premise of hookah is. This whole idea of harmony. Can you explain, kind of in a nutshell, what exactly it means?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it kind of comes back to exactly that word you were just saying there with choices. It's how do I choose to, when it comes to huga, feel relaxed and feel like my authentic self as I go forward? And I think that really does come down to the choices that we make, whether, you know, how do those pieces harmonize together, so to speak, and how do we make those different choices? Because huga really comes down to being that comfort, you know, kind of comfort, cozy, you know, sort of feeling. So like you might, you know, for example, I have a huga room here, you know, in my in my house, where at the end of the day, you know, I can sit down, I have the fireplace go, fireplace ready to go, I have a blanket, I have things that help me kind of decompress from the day, so to speak. And I think that kind of huga brings some of those pieces in, how do we find that, you know harmony in all those different areas and kind of reset I don't want to say I kind of want to say reset our brains to kind of mesh with our bodies to be able to kind of go forward yeah. so I think yeah so it has a really big I think impact in terms of making us feel like our authentic selves and how we really want to be going forward
0: as I understand huga it's about like I understand it to be kind of Maybe I'm wrong in this, but kind of like a winter thing where you snuggle up and you wrap up warm and that type of thing. But what you're describing is sort of much, much more than that. So I suppose my question is how how what are what's the first step that someone can take towards
1: trying to understand how to live more hoogah? Yeah. And I think one of them is really one, knowing yourself. Cause so often it is, you know, people do associate it with how do I stay warm, cozy during the winter months, but I think there's also summer huga you know, so to speak, for example, am I, am I out having, sitting on the water's edge, relaxing, having a, you know, having an adult beverage of, you know, a cocktail of some sort of fun aspect as well with my friends, with my family. And a lot of it comes down to how do you bring that harmonization, you know, throughout your entire life and your, you know, in different pieces. So it doesn't just have to be during the winter months being comfy, cozy. It can also be, you know, my, my most favorite time of year is fall. And so that time you have at the beginning, you still have some of that summer kind of huga feel. But then you get, at least back in the States, you got this great, crisp, cool mornings where you could go out for a nice run, go out for a nice walk, and just feel really calm and cool and collected, you know, so to speak. And then winter would come. That's when you could get that, that comfy coziness. So it's kind of got an overall you know kind of feel whatever season it happens to be and how you want to take it for that particular season yeah
0: so something you said sarah is is about people understanding themselves and like to me self-awareness is key to a lot of different areas of life and it's really understanding yourself so what kind of questions can people ask themselves in order to understand themselves a little bit better when it comes to huga
1: Sure. I think some of it really comes down to, you know, what makes them one, what makes them happy? What are the things that they do, you know, in their personal time as well as their professional time? You know, I want to say, oh, I'm thinking, what's that book? Oh, what Color Is my par- Your Parachute? That book that, you know, I think I think that really delves into and dives into looking at all those other pieces of your life, not necessarily just how you are at work but how you are at home, then how do you, you know, harmonize those pieces together? And I think Huga does a really good job of kind of a lot of what they're asking for, looking for you to do within that, you know, kind of book to say, hey, how are you looking at meshing or, you know, harmonizing what you do at home and what you do at work and bringing those pieces together so that you feel you're bringing your full self forward. So you're bringing your, you know, looking at what you like to do occupationally looking at what you like to do, how you'd like to spend your spare time and do all those different kind of pieces together. I love
0: that book, What Color Is Your Parachute? I It's on my list to finish it this year, although it was on my list to finish it, I think, for the last two years because I, I have read it or at least I've started it. I'm about halfway through, I think. But I mean, the kind of questions that they ask and it really, really helped me because it goes back to what you were saying about really asking yourself like, how do I spend my time and and oftentimes when people tell me that they don't really know what they enjoy doing or or what they're good at or what they would like to do in their career, the answer normally lies within them and they, they know what it is that they want to do, but they they have a fear of doing it or they have a fear of taking action towards getting what they want or they think they're going to fail at it or something like that. But it is it's so true about, you know, most people know how they like to spend their time and I do often ask like, well, what do you like to do in your spare time? You know, how do you actually Mm -hmm. enjoy spending your time? Because how you enjoy spending your time is a reflection on what you actually you know, when you get the choice of what to do, how do you actually spend that time? So being the nerd that I am, I really enjoy doing jigsaw puzzles. and it wasn't until I recently took a um, a really great quiz actually called the Sparky Types. And I, I tell everyone about uh-huh. it. Yeah. Um, and in that, I came out as a scientist or a problem solver. And I was like, well, that makes so much sense for quite a lot of aspects of my life. And I, I see everything, not in a bad way, but I do see everything as a problem that needs to be solved. And I'm like, well, uh-huh. how, how can we make that better? Or how can we you know and hence hence what I'm doing what I'm doing now um but yeah it 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 makes so much sense to kind of look inside and go how do how do I like to spend my time when I get to choose how what to do how do I like to spend my time
1: I think along those lines it changes throughout our lifespan you know we can't just say hey what I like to do when I was 20 you know, it's not the same thing I like to do now that I'm in my 40s, like a whole different perspective, because we get more experiences along the way there. And I think so many times, you know, like, I don't know, I think back to my parents generation, when it comes to work, and my my dad had the same job from the time, you know, I was a little kid until I was in my, you know, mid 20s. And, you know, he had the same job, my mom was in the same job as well, where I look at myself and go, I've job hopped. I've gone from one position to another because I've changed or I've moved or I've done different pieces of myself in the process. And I think so many new, oh, what is it? New, new positions and roles are out there, especially with the technology, so to speak, that we need to be ready for those different pieces. Like I, you know, I look at like my nieces and nephews and kind of go, you know, I, my background, you know, I'm a, a teacher by training for my undergraduate and I'm like, our classrooms aren't even the same anymore I mean they have online teaching programs and things like that and I keep thinking my niece and nephews are probably going to be in some job that I haven't even heard of yet yeah when it comes to those type pieces so
0: following on from what we're saying it's like understanding yourself but then what's the next step then towards
1: creating yeah applying it exactly yeah I'm that part sometimes I don't know (laughs) Because I think it's, it varies from person to person, in all honesty. Okay. You know, I mean, what works for me may not work for you, may not work for somebody else. It's kind of, you know, in that process of finding it and knowing ourselves and then figuring out how do we apply it accordingly from there. And yeah. I don't know if there's, you know, I mean, oh, I'm, I'm thinking about it. There's not necessarily, in my in my opinion, one specific thing that we all can follow
0: okay yeah that's interesting so that kind of ties in with knowing yourself and knowing what works for you and importantly knowing what doesn't work for you as
1: well yes okay definitely yeah definitely and really just kind of understanding those pieces about yourself and really you know being introspective in those aspects and kind of going that doesn't sit well with me that's not quite the right way I want to do this or Oh, Yo, wow. You know, like, as I did that parachute book, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'm only a part way through it as well. So I probably should finish it at some point myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think part of it is, wow, I never realized I really enjoyed this, doing this, like, I, I do this regularly, you know, pieces of it regularly. And, wow, I never, you know, never realized that about myself. So I think it's, you know, helping that introspective pieces as you go forward, for sure.
0: I have a, a couple of questions Um on the one hand, it's like, are there any guidelines because I know oftentimes or, or tools that people could use. Yeah. So oftentimes people just don't they don't really know where to start. So they're like, right, well, I quite enjoy doing this in my spare time. How do I implement that? And, and how do I turn that into kind of creating a more harmonious life? So I suppose what sort of process could they follow? Um, even if it's just a tool that might not work for them, they'll know, okay, I could try that and it doesn't work, but then there are other options available to me. And then mm-hmm. the second question is more around how, how can we apply that specifically in the workplace?
1: I actually, as I was reading through part of the, you know, What Colors Your Parachute book, there was a website that I came across. Sorry, I wrote it I wrote it down here. One, one org, and it actually takes, like say oh say i'm i'm an architect but really it takes architect as a title and breaks it down into multiple different pieces to say oh i really like this particular area because i like i like working with data i like to make sure things are doing correct but so there are these other kind of roles along those lines that can happen and i think it's a really great site to kind of you know help in that process of saying okay i'm not I'm not just like, for example, my master's is in health. I'm not just a health educator. I'm also a diabetes educator. Okay. How do those diabetes pieces fit in? How do these, all these other pieces fit in to make me who I am? And so many times we just look at that big, I think we look at that big title and we don't break it down. And that particular website, I was looking at it just the other day. I'm kind of like, my jaw is like dropping open. Like, wow, I never thought about it like this. So, I mean, I don't. I don't know exactly what the next steps per, for each person is, but I think having something along those lines to kind of look at, take the big picture and bringing it down really helps find those next pieces.
0: No, I'm really, really interested because it's really about breaking down what it is that you're doing that really lights you up. So you think, like you say, you have this job, you know, you might be an architect and you, you love your job, but... Maybe you find it difficult to articulate what is it exactly that you like about it? Is it the precision? Is it the rules? Is it dealing with other people? Is it solving problems like what specific right. element? And like I say, the the um, sparky type really helped me with that because it's sufficiently generic that it can apply to multiple things. So solving problems can mean anything. The, the right. I suppose the, the next step or the difficulty with that is finding what kind of problems do I like to solve because I don't care about every single thing in the world or I don't see everything right. as a problem or I don't care enough that I want to create a solution for it. But there are some specific things that I really care about. And and one of those things, obviously, you know, when, given the, the nature of the podcast, is solving problems in, in relation to organizational behavior and how people behave at work and and people's interactions and motivation and leadership. Those types of problems I really, really care about because I've had first-hand experience of it. But I'm definitely going to check out that website and see how, how a specific job or title breaks down into the elements. And you can isolate which element of that is that really, really lights me up, that I really care about. And they're the kind of things I go into with clients as well of really trying to break down, well, what, what is it about that? Like, why do you care? Why does that have so much of an impact yeah. on you? Is it, you know, is it the dealing with people side was, of what That's is, what I
1: was going to say. As you we were talking, it sounds like more the dealing with people side of it versus the data that goes into it or, you know, the behind the scenes type pieces that need to come in. It's, you know, looking at all those different aspects to it and, you know, and looking at it, you know, from those different perspectives for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's an interesting point because, I mean, I would argue that I, I like the data side of things, I, I absolutely love analyzing data and finding trends and making yeah. recommendations based on that. But equally, and in doing the podcast, I love connecting with people as well and I love helping people. So it's it, maybe it's both of those elements together, whereas there might be other aspects of it that I don't necessarily like or right. or if I had a different job that it might not suit me as well but yeah we're, we're kind of digressing onto a slightly different topic but <laughs> I loved it right, I loved right, it all right. the same <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but like I mean we're, we're kind of bringing it on more to to work centered approach I suppose do you work with organizations and and what kind of uh, in what way and how do you help them
1: yeah so I have worked with organizations in the past I don't necessarily right now um, but I have in the past and worked at looking at, you know, the whole the whole person and the whole pieces with it. Like, for example, um, I've worked with, you know, I'm as a diabetes educator, I've worked with some different diabetes organizations and really looked at how do you develop things over over time with them? How do you say, OK, this is, you know, where we are big picture? How do we bring it down to? Yes, we need to talk about the individual so that we can bring it back to the big picture side of it and really kind of looking at it and going, OK. How do we look at, you know, ourselves and what we're portraying out to people in the process and really take those pieces and analyze, I don't want to say analyze, but yeah, analyze those to help make the overall, you know, company look that much, I guess the message, get the message out that they really want to get out to them. So how do we take it from that personal perspective to the whole collaborative, to the whole organization to make it offering those different pieces to make it look like a whole in the end. So we're not all saying different things or doing different actions. We're all bringing those pieces together to help in the process.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's taking the the big picture approach and, and breaking that down to what, what does that mean to an individual on an individual level and mm-hmm. kind of like the, the kind of little tasks and, and the detail, if you like. So it's like the big picture versus the detail of it. And oftentimes, you know, people might, have a really clear idea of the big picture but they don't necessarily know the detail on how to actually yeah
1: how how do they fit into that big picture like sometimes you have this role and you're like okay I'm here I I understand what the big picture is but what am I doing in it so to speak uh, yeah and it's really kind of helping people as a team as a group say here's really what my work means and what it's doing yeah and how I can you know make an impact or how I can Or maybe on the flip side, though, this isn't where I want to be. My role isn't, you know, the right one for me. That's not where I I thought I was based on all this sort of stuff. I've had that. I've seen that before, too, where people are like, yeah, I'm this isn't me. I don't want to be here. This isn't the right feel for me as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I suppose it's good for people to have that self-awareness because then they're in the wrong place and. You know they're they could be impacting on productivity or the morale within the team and things like that as well um no it's interesting what you said about um my you know what is i suppose what is my role what is my contribution to this bigger picture and making that really really clear for people i think it's crucial to make that clear for people if they need to know what they're contributing to the to the bigger picture where they fit in with You know, like you say, what impact are they having by having that role?
1: And I like that you had said, um, what was it? Morality. What's what's my, you know, how is this fitting in with me? How is this getting me engaged in that process? You know, if I'm dragging my feet every day and, you know, getting out of bed and going, oh, I have to go to work again. I I know we all say that no matter what, you know, some days. But if that's the constant feel, we're, we're bringing that. I don't want to say a negative piece or bringing that not as not our best selves forward. And that goes on to other parts of our team as well. And, you know, it's, it's noticed in that process and how do we, you know, either reshape ourselves or rethink our future and kind of go, this isn't where I'm not going to be my best self here. How do we change this up a bit?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of like creating a cultural shift then, Mm. To see yeah, how how, to it, for sure. how the team can work in a bit more of a harmonious way, mm-hmm. okay, and um, no, something interesting you're saying, like you know the um Adrian Whelan who was on the podcast um a couple of months back, he had the get he called it the getting out of bed test, ah. and if you look back in a month, you have twenty working days, and if you look back on, right. on the prior month. How many of those 20 days did you have that feeling where you're like, I really don't want to go into work today? And if it's more if it's happening more often than not, then you really need to question like what are you actually doing there and what can you do about it? So it's it's coming back to this whole idea of like what um you know, do I really belong here or do should I be doing something else? How can I be my best self? And you know, on a on a another um, podcast that recorded, we we spoke about how humans want to progress and they want to learn and they want to grow and they want to develop Uh for the most part most people are like that I know some people who aren't um but, but for the most part people want to learn and grow and develop in some way and if they're in a role where they can't do that or they can't achieve that or they can't work to their to their best abilities then it does kind of call into question what am i doing here if i don't have the opportunity to learn and develop and grow and to to be my best self to use the term that you had um so again we're kind of delving into territory there um so in terms of bringing huga then into the workplace is that is that sort of done from a leadership top down? Is it done on an individual level? Is it, you know, do you need to get the buy-in, but then you work at it on an individual level? How Talk to me about how that works.
1: Yeah, I think it's a little combination of both. Like, yes, you want to bring it, you need to assemble it somehow. I don't know if assemble is the right word I'm looking for, but assemble it somehow. And a lot of times it, you know, for, for most cultures, it seems that I've experienced that it starts from the bottom and works it works its way up, or works to a certain level, and then doesn't necessarily go any higher in that chain of command, so to speak. Um, but I have, on the flip side, seen where you know one of my first positions that I had, oh, dare I say, 20 plus years ago now, I had a supervisor which I didn't know about Huga at the time, but I look back at it and go, that really was Huga. You know, he really took it and said, okay, you have to get your work done. Like you 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 need to get it done, but on the outside. If you want to go out for a hike, if you want to go out and have grab a beer, if you want to go out and do these other things and live your life, do that. I want to make sure you know the harmony that we're we're looking for. It really, you know, unfortunately, that was my first position I ever had, so it set me up for kind of like these expectations since then, or I should say, fortunately, it was. So I knew what it was like, but it was really, you know, as a team, we all our coworkers, we really got along because we had the opportunity. I feel to be able to. Go out and do those different pieces when we wanted to, but yet we were still made, you know, we had to work hard and get everything accomplished, but we were able to be team members and we did go out for that beer after work, or we did go out for a hike, or we did go out for a run, or we did some sort of other, you know, piece to it, but I think a lot of it came down, you know, he was very much along those lines, but then his boss also often joined us, you know, for those hikes. Not necessarily the beer, but you know, for the for the hike, you know, the hike after work or something along those lines. So I think in that situation, it might have been kind of middle, quote unquote, middle management that brought it higher up, as well as brought it down and found the balance along those lines. And I really, you know, I wish I had, I wish I had known of Huga back then, that I could have been like, oh my gosh, that's so hitting the nail on the head versus I've had other roles where, you know, you don't have that harmonious piece or you don't have those different pieces together. And, you know, you, you try to start it at, you know, start it from like the employee side and bring it up, but then you don't have the support of your supervisor. So it kind of fizzles out a little bit or it's not accepted and moved on with. So I think it's really, I guess, whatever that, you know, we were talking earlier about that kind of work culture. What is that culture that we're in? how can we adapt it or not adapt it? You know, is our manager open to something? Or if we are the manager, are we open to helping our team, you know, feel some of those pieces? And are we, you know, like that, I think one of the big things that's out there now is that flex time, you know, you, you might work later into the evening, but take the morning off, so, so to speak, or along those lines. And I think having some of that ability Sometimes, often, or I should say often helps people work to their best abilities, but it really depends a lot on, is the manager open to that? Or is this an eight to four 30 or an eight to five job with an hour break for lunch from noon to one? This is your, this is your schedule Monday through Friday. There's no variability in it. So I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, what's the overall culture and how does, how do we adapt accordingly? So coming back to it, Sometimes it's from the bottom up. Sometimes it's from the top down. Yeah,
0: great. And the question I ask for everyone who comes on the podcast, what makes you happier at work?
1: Honestly, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I like being able to commute into work, whether it be, I shouldn't say commute in general. I like to be able to physically commute, whether it's biking or walking. That helps set me in the right mindset so that I can be ready ready to go with whatever's kind of brought at me. So when I have some of that physical piece, it helps clear my brain a little bit better so I can be ready for those sort of next steps and taking, you know, I mean, I know it may sound, you know, kind of awful, but taking a little bit of time in the middle of the day, you know, getting away from the desk and really going, going for that, you know, mid afternoon walk, so to speak, to help clear the brain again. Those pieces are super important to me. Brilliant. I really
0: enjoyed our chat. Thanks so much for your time today, Sarah.
1: Thanks so much for having me on. I much appreciate
0: it. That was Sarah Lasker from Healthy and Hugga. Hugga is all about being in harmony with all aspects of your life. So at the crux of this, it was about really being your authentic self. And in order to do this, you really need to understand yourself more. So you need to have a high degree of self-awareness. What do you do in your personal time or your professional time that makes you happy? So really considering those questions. What actually makes you happy? And how do you spend more time doing that which makes you happy? I have some additional thoughts around change because we discussed how it changes throughout your life. So these are some thoughts on companies and how companies change and dealing with change at the individual level. And at the end, I pose a question really for reflection and for thought um, for yourself. This first part relates to you if you're a middle manager, if you're a leader, but you have someone above you. Um, and you, I suppose, get to decide whether you agree with what, what you're being asked to do. And if you don't, then it's time to consider, well, you know, what is your role in that position if you don't agree with what's being done if you do agree with it then it, yeah then you get you have the opportunity to, to kind of share that with the team but you need to be the advocate of what's actually happening in the organization and promoting that and the second one the second really important point is around change and there's I suppose a couple of points that I'll make on this and then I'll, I'll pose you a question as well so like change I suppose you have to decide do we like change? What is the pace of change? Are we accepting of innovation? Because I know certainly I've worked for companies where they kind of, they kind of talk about innovation and bringing in new ideas. and they, And they certainly employed people from various industries, but they didn't readily accept new ideas that were proposed to the degree that I was told at one stage, that's not how we do things around here when I try to kind of raise a new idea. And this is from a colleague of mine. This wasn't from a boss or anything. But you can imagine how reluctant I was then to share any of my my ideas after that, you know, being told that's not how we do things around Uh here. So I suppose the message of change and how you how you implement change in an organization needs to be really clear for everyone. And are you accepting of new ideas? And my question, I suppose, based around that is, do you believe that all organizations need to change and evolve over time? Or, you know, there could be some organizations that are a little bit stuffy and stuck in their own ways and old fashioned, but, you know, is there a place for both? I suppose is what I'm trying to say. Or do, is change necessary in order to grow a business and to, to sustain and, and keep a business? The second area I'd like to explore, it's about the person's response to change, really. Mm -hmm. At an individual level, and organisations are made up of individuals, at an individual level, it is the personal response to change. And some people like change and some people don't. And collectively, it's how we then approach change and how do you implement change when some people like it and some people don't and how, yeah. do, how do you manage that entire process that's really what what it boils down to is and it's understanding and you can't be an advocate of change if you yourself are a bit fearful of change and you're a bit resistant to change um so really that's what it what's boils down to and it comes back to this understanding it's kind of full circle now this understanding of yourself and and your own self-awareness and how um how you react to change And that's it for this week. Tune in next week for a special episode. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the Happier at Work podcast with Aoife O'Brien. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review the podcast.